everyone. Welcome back to Mission Daily. This is your host, Stephanie Postles. And today I'm excited because we have an in-person guest, a friend of mine, Lou Marchetti. Lou, I met you at Summit Series, right? Yes, Southwest Plane on the way to Summit Series. Oh yeah, on the plane, sitting on the plane. And you have such a fascinating story, which I didn't even get to know about until more recently, which is why you're here. So you were in the world of finance for about 13 years, and then you had a big, I'll just call it a wake-up call that catapulted you to where you're at today. And so all those details in between are what I wanna talk about. So with that, Welcome, Lou, to Mission Daily. Awesome, thanks, Stephanie. Thanks for having me, and it's excited. I'm excited to be here. I have no idea what I'm doing on the podcast, so I will follow your lead. <laughs> we'll find out in an hour. We'll that, look back and be like, "That's why he was here." That's now right. we know. That's right. So I love it. So I think to maybe ground everyone in who you are. Yeah. I, I do think it'd be good to talk about your 13 years in finance. Yeah. Of you know, high level, what were you doing? What was your role? Yeah, sure. And maybe I can even, if I can go back a little bit further. Go farther. If that's, if that's helpful. However far back yeah. you want to go, yeah. I'm here how, for How it. much time do we have Yeah, here? we got at least an hour, okay. a little more. Um, so I got into the world of private equity in 2009 after graduating from business school. And the lead up to that was, I was always doing things, a lot of the time, things that I I viewed as what people thought would be quote unquote successful. Um, maybe it's dad's approval, maybe it's a lot of things, but like I did all the things that you're supposed to do. Or like I went to, I went, I played sports in college, I played football, I walked on, I got a scholarship, I did that. Then I went into banking, not really knowing what banking was, but, uh, but I did that for a few years, but then I, then I, I had a shift and went into uh, international affairs. I went to work at the U.S. Department of State, which was this really awesome, probably the the time that inspires me now where I realized like what I actually wanted to do and went and did it. Um, but then as I, I was coming out of business school, the thing to do was private equity or hedge fund back in 2009. Yeah. The world of startups wasn't as in vogue as it is now. And um, tech was just starting. Some of these companies were Google and Apple and you kind of go through down the list, we're starting to really take off, but it was early days. Um, and so that I thought finance was this nice mix of what I had done, um, especially private equity. And there was like, there was a real reason, but I, um, but I did it for at, at a firm called Vista Equity Partners, which had a, it's had an incredibly successful run. Um, and I got to see it. Um, I joined, there were 20 ish people total, maybe 25. And I left and there were 450 and wow. kind of that's a lot of growth yeah it was a tons of growth and it was fascinating to see a firm that went from a couple you know a couple billion it's a lot of money to you know 80 plus billion under management and so you got to see how that grow and evolve and i, I wore a bunch of different hats so to speak and a lot of different roles there i did the traditional investing role i helped basically created what's our business development or deal origination world mm-hmm. i was brought in by the co-founder and president to be his chief of staff and right hand. And I kind of built out the way that we went about um, sourcing new investment ideas um, and also spending, figuring out who we spend time with in the more traditional um, kind of strategic relationships, your bankers, your other private equity firms, um, how we go about it with large strategics like your sales forces mm-hmm. that we were speaking about earlier. And so I got a nice taste and I did the, you know, did a lot on the, more on the front end, more so. I did actually work at one of our companies too early on. That was my, my cutting my teeth and understanding what it's like to be in a 
firm. Um, Wait, that, when, so you worked at one of the portfolio companies? I did. What were you doing? And you were working full time. I it was it was it was pretty interesting. So I joined um, in September of two thousand nine, which was not a great time if you remember in the economy yeah, and I this remember. this firm and the and they built an incredible um, firm and they were it was just starting to starting to kind of go on the up and to the right just from a, a variety of different ways you'd measure that and they had at the time they eventually built out a consulting group but they said hey we have some of some of the investment professionals who go work at companies they needed some hands so i went to be a what we call the chief of chores uh, which you kind of do whatever you need to do for a company called accruent which was down in santa monica so not a bad trade-off from san fran to mm-hmm. santa monica um and i was essentially a chief of staff type person to the um CEO and CFO and it went the company was going through a tough time with they were they were kind of they had taken a bunch of VC money um it hadn't lived up to the expectations so there were some headcount reductions there was a shift in the from more of a service to software so I got to see it and cut it but we we ended up as a as a company kind of touching the ground is the way the CEO and CFO had to talk about it and then it took off and ended up being a a fantastic company and investment and it's it's changed hands a few times and it's grown a bunch but uh yeah so I essentially learned what a software company was which i thought i knew and i didn't actually know at all yeah that's awesome so, yeah. okay so then you spent a lot of years doing a lot of things yep at vista yeah and then what and then so in 2019 I was running super hard in every direction. And I was, there was this, there's this Rudyard Kipling poem called If, which you probably have read. It's yeah. like, if you can fill the unforgiving minute with 60 seconds worth of distance run, which my dad gave to me multiple times. And I loved it. I actually used it. I had a chance to give the um, commencement speech at the, our graduation from business school and use that, not knowing it was actually, there was a bit of colonialism behind that. But anyways, um, it was, uh, but I just, I was like, oh, I gotta make everything count. So I was at that time. So on May 16th, 16th or 18th, I should know this. Um, it's now we now call it my resurrection day. I showed up at the gym. I don't remember any of this. So it's like. Well, uh, you remember showing up at the gym, right? No. Oh, you don't? No. Oh, wow. I don't remember showing up at the gym. Oh, I, I didn't know uh, that part. Okay. I don't remember probably until I remember having lunch with a couple of friends and their kiddo in Boston for uh-huh. there for a work trip and called up with a business school buddy and his wife and little one. Um, okay. And I flew home with my boss at the time, um, which I don't remember. And I showed up at the gym on an off day that it usually would do. And um, I did a workout. It was at the CrossFit Central, if you know austin on the mm-hmm. west fifth street yeah um, where rogue running is next to mm-hmm. and i finished uh kind of in high intensity type workout with a guy that i worked out with in a group and i took a knee and collapsed and i eyes went back in the back of my head gasping for breath um someone fortunately a, a woman riding or on a salt bike about five feet away, saw what was happening, immediately grabbed the AED. A lot, most people froze um, yeah. in the gym. It's probably pretty traumatic. Um, and she grabbed the AED, put it on while it was saying low battery, low battery, low battery. Shocks my heart back into a, at least from a fatal arrhythmia. Um, now I'm learning in hindsight. Another woman walks out the door, sees my trainer, who's a good friend named Tio. He's, grew up local Austin guy uh, who was trying to do CPR 
she happens to train all the lifeguards in Austin in emergency medicine and wrote an awesome mama bear and had applied CPR and life-saving um, techniques before and sees me and immediately kind of moves to the other way and just starts really bringing it. Um, wow. While Anne, her name's Becky, Anne, my two angels, as I call them, um, she gave me mouth-to-mouth until the EMS got there, which someone had called. Fortunately, they were there in six minutes and they intubated me put the tube in the, in the mouth um, and took me away to the, the hospital. The that woman got those things out to shock you, like that's pretty freaking impressive it's, to even act that quickly to. It is wildly impressive. It makes me think how undertrained I am. It I makes, would have been probably the person who froze and was like, oh my God, what do I do? Other than just like call 911. Most people do. And so anyone listening, go get trained in CPR, including myself is a good reminder. My wife, now girlfriend at the time, soon after did, the trainer who was there, the other trainers who were there, everyone, and have a CPR in the, or a AD in the gym, mm-hmm. uh, which is a surprisingly isn't in every gym. Um, do but a lot of things happen in gyms? They do. Yeah, I can get into a little bit of what I learned about yeah. it, but um, let's just, stay with you though before yeah. we, before I take you into another area. So you yeah put into the back of an ambulance. You're hooked up. Hooked up. I go to the and if anybody followed any of the recent sports stories, um, Demar Hamlin, the Buffalo Bill. Uh, cornerback or there's a um, soccer player um, for Denmark um, a couple years ago in the Euro Cup who collapsed. Same thing. So it's called sudden cardiac arrest, but basically your heart goes into a fatal rhythm and you essentially your body shuts down, you die. Mm-hmm. Um, and they brought me, fortunately had the tube in. I go to the hospital. They put me in a um, coma for 36 hours and dropped me into a hypothermia protocol to protect your um, my lungs and heart and and vital organs and then they bring you out and they don't know what has happened to you during this time because it really depends on what you were just describing how quickly people act Mm -hmm. and i think the stats are seven to ten percent of people survive which is wild um and gives me chills thinking about it Mm -hmm. and even a smaller percentage of them actually survive us survive in a manner where everything is still functioning properly because if your oxygen is cut off blood isn't flowing it can cause real damage. So they brought me out and um, and I was fine, all things considered. Like there was no, I didn't have any brain damage, didn't have any heart damage, lung damage. In the meantime, my family had, brother is here in town at the time. He's the first to know. My mom immediately hops on a plane. My girlfriend, now wife, is up um, working on a shoot. She's in the fashion world and Montauk, actually, which is not close to anything mm-hmm. to fly to Austin. Yeah. And the firm that I worked at, this was very, very kind in getting everybody mobilized. A good friend helped, uh, named Ryan Atlas, helped get everything in motion. And the team, old boss, everyone kind of dialed right in. Um, and she flew down and they didn't know what I was going to be. If I was going to be a, a kind of incoherent for a long time, if I was going to come back, if I was going to have all my functions. And I was brought out, I think the first time I hear the story and I, I don't even, there's somewhere deep in me that it's called uh, retroactive amnesia where your body protects you from these really, really traumatic mm-hmm. events in your life. Um, and my sister who was living in London at the time, there's four siblings, um, she and her husband were on the phone and they were saying, Lou, how are you? Can you hear? And I was just laid back with a, um, you know, with all kinds of tubes hooked up. And they said that they were they were like, how are you? Like, just you know, say something, talk to me. And mom's there, my my girlfriend, my wife, Jessica. And they said I started to like shimmy a little bit, 
like shake my shake my fist and like all right like here here we go and they're like oh my god he's moving but then they didn't know what that is so they they had to take out the the tube and and i actually i can be a sarcastic person and my sister has a genetic disease called cystic fibrosis mm -hmm. which affects the lungs so i uh they pulled the tube out and i was after coughing for a long time i'm sure coughing stuff up i looked at my uh my mom and wife and said i think i have cystic fibrosis oh, so <laughs> this is so then they're like he's all right he's all right he's a sarcastic can be a bit a bit ill-timed in, in, in many ways but here he's he's okay so that was a big it was a big relief um and uh it took me a while for my memory to come back there was a, a funny little moment where the nurse would come in and and i'd say because oh, i was still very out of it i said for about a week i said so what happened and um she'd tell me she said well this is and then you went there and then you're here and i said shit man and my mom does not like us to cuss as kids like she still gets a little bit as kids. uneasy yeah as kids or, or, kid. or, or large kids <laughs> yeah. that are that are 45 <laughs> um, and she looked at me and she's like well okay okay well she's forgiving her son in this moment 10 minutes later the nurse comes back in i don't remember her coming back in the first time we go through the same drill she tells me i say same reaction shit man mom's like okay Lou, like that's probably <laughs> happens probably 10 or 12 times and at this point she realizes that i don't know i can't remember so uh -huh. there was some funny there was some moments of it which were um coming out but i, I eventually they have i have a uh pacemaker um defibrillator and oh, you do uh, now i do yeah it's my friend um right oh. here which is uh i see it yeah For anyone who can't see it's like a little Bump it's a little box. Yeah, little box. Yeah. Oh wow, it's a whole box. I didn't see that. Yeah, it looks like a almost a, wow. a little a little tiny lung. Um so that stays forever. Yeah, it's it's wired into my heart and they don't they don't know why I went into it. I've seen a bunch of incredible doctors on the western side. I'll get into the eastern side, which is probably a little bit later mm -hmm. as to what I learned. But um and so they put this in there just in case. They said the odds of this happening again are extraordinarily low unless someone, you know, you have direct contact for this for this thing or something it'd be very 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 rare yeah. i don't have a a physical or um electrical is what happened to me i don't have a blockage there's no nothing structural um but they, they really don't know they don't know from they, the western side they don't, they don't know they just said you're you're very very lucky and i you know and there's probably some dormant genetic disposition that i was going super hard i was about the next that was the day of our um off-site which is usually not a fun time for the team because everyone's it's a very hard driving and you know a standard of excellence is very high yeah. and so we, essentially there's a lot of there's a lot of yelling and accountability um so but i was helping prepare for that the next day i was going to my 10-year business school reunion and then i was also training because that's what you do um when that you're you yeah that's what you do obviously <laughs> you got to get in your workout at 6 a.m because you got your 8 a.m offsite before you fly out the next day i was training to go climb a mountain in france mm. mont blanc with some friends um while had just flown in the night before from boston mm -hmm. um for work so i was running hard mm -hmm. um and that's the way i approach life i just like was like oh man i remember the first time i meditated i got it one of these apps headspace which mm -hmm. you may be familiar yeah, with yeah. And I was like, can I sit in my sauna? We put a little sauna in my apartment downtown. Uh, I'm gonna sit in my sauna, warm up, detox, sauna, 
while I'm meditating, while I'm getting ready for the gym. So I, let me see how many things I can do at once. Uh-huh. And then I'd run down the gym and I kind of, there were some indications that something was going on with my heart. Um, oh, you did feel something. A little bit before I didn't like feel what? it. What were you feeling? It's called, what's, it's called AFib, oh, so okay. atrial fibrillation, which means you're, there's a arrhythmia, it's not fatal, but you're, um, your heart rate goes from like 140 to 60. And it feels like there's like, you're just really tired. I was going to the gym, but I was working out through it. I was like, oh, I'm just tired today. Long day, mm-hmm. tough morning. You know, everybody's into the, you know, the, your, your um, whoop band and your R ring. Oh, so like, you oh. had all that stuff showing you. I, I didn't at the time oh, okay. because I, I just, I get too obsessed with it and I just don't like to sleep with a bunch of things on me. Um, but, but it's, you're in that mindset where it's like, oh, I'm probably just, you know, I'm not, mm-hmm. my ready state is low today. Yeah. So I was like, but really what was going on, I went to a cardiologist, I'd just been to the Cooper Clinic. My resting heart rate was 36, mm-hmm. which by the way is like, it's like extraordinarily low. Yeah. It means you're in really good shape. What I later learned is also can, can, can be emblematic or a precursor to some of this stuff happening. Essentially, the people that have cardiac arrest or go into it or have heart disease are either extraordinarily sedentary mm-hmm. um, or have been incredibly active. God. past the point of positive returns. It's a good reason just to stay average then, you know? <laughs> it's a good reason to stay extraordinarily <laughs> average. It's a good reason to listen to the body um, and rest, which I didn't really realize. Yeah. Okay, so when all this yes. happens to you, yeah. to me, if this happened to me, I would question every aspect of my life probably. I would be like, why am I living here, working here, parenting? Like, like I would question everything. Yes. What was your mind doing after this experience? I'll give you a couple great examples. My yeah. mind was like, how can I get back to where I was and prove to myself and to the world that I am invincible and unharmed? Whoa, that sounds terrible. Wait, like get back to like yeah, work? Exact same thing. I was oh, emailing wow. whenever I was coherent, probably a week later, I was sending emails and everyone was like, just calm down. Yeah. Like, take it easy. Um, my boss at the time who was showed a incredible compassion for me and asking he said talking he's like hey what um what did you learn like you went to the other side i didn't see a light by the way oh yeah so i was gonna feel a robbed ask. i feel a little robbed about did you this see anything no it's um and i don't know what the definition of death is yeah. um in this world but i did not see anything i just don't remember any okay. of it um okay. but he said so what did you learn and i said you know what man I learned that I'm in the right place at the right time doing what I love. Mm. I didn't comprehend that the way that the environment that I was in, the way I was approaching that environment had contributed to what just happened. Mm-hmm. Five weeks later, I go to France with two friends and Jessica and uh, another friend and try to climb Mont Blanc. It's really aggressive. <laughs> Stupid It's probably a better, better word. And Fortunately, on the way we did a, uh, if you've ever been to Chamonix, there's a lot of peaks there and mm-hmm. uh, Mont Blanc is the highest in Western Europe. Um, and there's another one, a sister mountain called Mont Blanc de Tocoul. We climbed to the top of that, we summit it and we're coming down and some falling rock accidentally gets loose. Um, I think about the size of the cushion that you're sitting on, my hands in the air smashes it. Um, my hand, I turn around to the, there's three of us and then a guy and he, and he's, uh, and I said, Hey, Tim, this hand is pretty jacked up. He said, I hear you. We got to get down another 40, 50 feet. This is not a safe place to stop. So we get down to the, to the, to the, uh, to a flat part before we go down again. 
and uh and i take off my glove and my finger is sideways my middle finger is just uh, and my Ew. other friend who's a doctor Rie looks at me and Rie says i think your finger's broken i said no shit um <laughs> it's it is i get he lead off the mountain taken to a clinic they x-ray i get taken to another hospital they do surgery they do a nerve block it is wonderful the french healthcare system is phenomenal work it all out i'm still trying to climb until we go to a doctor who's putting a brace on i thought i was going to get a bigger glove and just meet these guys back up oh, there gosh. jessica's like what is wrong with you um and fortunately this doctor we had a little list of things to ask this guy what we could do is he's making the brace and he said can you um can he write in french i was like mm, yeah, see we oui, we oui, yeah can he drive uh, maybe we oui, yeah, i don't know uh can he climb a mountain no 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 montana no montana and he's like what are you thinking so that was fortunately like the final and then as i started to take it in and, and let go of this dream of proving to the world of myself and also summiting and mm -hmm. all the fun that goes along with doing a little mountaineering which we've done a little bit of um it was uh i finally realized like i should maybe take a take a chill pill for mm -hmm. a little bit and it was just some higher power was saying just relax mm -hmm. like take it in yep. like something you are trying to kill yourself so unintentionally the, un the universe was like coming in yes. and forcing you to slow down 100 cardiac arrest through breaking your hand and then through and then it took me another two years essentially yeah. to to really let go of that and that was um so that was 19 um and i left vista at the end of 21 so two and a half years and that was the other thing like that was the third time the universe i think was trying to have you slow down even yeah. though it was maybe at the time that wasn't what you wanted so you were Correct. at vista they transitioned you out yeah sounded like it was unexpected yep but it seems like that was also just like it was one gift. more thing to it be was, like it was a gift <laughs> it was it was very hard to take um but it was an incredible gift mm -hmm. to actually be forced to that'd be forced uh, the unexpected transition led to me consciously saying i'm not gonna immediately go back into the next thing you know strike what iron's hot someone advice someone gave me and i started to tell people i uh, as i was able to share the news that I was leaving um, externally, internally. I, I remember there were, I used to, I, it took me a while to tell people I was, I was not doing anything. I mm -hmm. thought I'd be viewed as a failure. I thought people would say, man, this guy must, something must happen. He always, he's losing his edge, like whatever it was. I had these stories in my head. And then I started to tell people and it was been powerful. Mm -hmm. Some people still couldn't compute, like, but what are you doing? I was yeah. like, nothing. And they're like, no, 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 no. What are you doing? They're just, it was like, you know, smoke coming out of the ears, the mm -hmm. robot blowing up, like couldn't process the idea of not doing something for three months, six months, whatever that ended up being longer than that. Yep. Um, other people were like, that's incredible. How do you do it? And that's kind of sparked me. Well, a lot more was in my control than I realized. Mm -hmm. And then the third part, the third and the coolest were like, I did that or you should talk to this person that did it and just opened up basically when we open up versus close off yeah so but it took me it took me that long and then i thought i was going to go back into working you know i went out to esalen on uh jan 12th or something of 2022. for anyone who doesn't know what esalen is can you yeah so i think esalen, there's a lot of ideas around what it is yeah so esalen is uh it's a it's a big beautiful it's in the big it's in big sur mm -hmm. and it's this incredible kind of 
retreat space, so to speak, but it looks over the cliffs and waves crashing into those incredible natural spring tubs and very rustic, um, nothing fancy about it, uh, but it was part of the human potential movement um, back in the 60s. Um, I think the Omega is still on the East Coast and Essel on the West Coast, but a lot of people, if you've ever read Michael Pollan, I wrote there, if you're a fan of Gestalt, a lot of that really formed there. Joseph Campbell wrote a bunch out there. And so people, it's just incredible. They offer a bunch of different workshops. If you haven't been, it's incredible. But I went out there and I looked for the most intense workshop name I could. This is what I've been what telling What was the her. most intense one? Total immersion for total transformation. I was like, okay. this is it. I am going to transform in five days. And, and did you? Like, I did, but in a very, very different way okay. um, than I thought. I... Thought I was gonna, you know, figure out what's next, right? I was like, I'm gonna give myself a couple months, right? Mm -hmm. And everyone I talked to, by the way, who had done this said, you have the gift of space, you have some financial stability, which I'm incredibly grateful for. And so they're like, don't rush back into it, mm -hmm. take this time. And so what the, what the, I didn't figure out what I was gonna do <laughs> at all, but what it did help me process what had just happened and let go of some of the anger and some of the, um, and also realize just how much of a gift it was um, to be able to, because I don't know if I could have ever done it. It's just the, you know, financially, there's a lot of reasons why um, it was very, it's very hard to let go of that. The life is, the life is, feels really good. Everyone says, oh my God, I can't believe you're doing this so awesome. Like you got it all. Maybe, um, but there's, but I, I didn't realize what it was doing to me physically um, as well. But, um, but what I did learn was how to actually feel. That is a plus. And actually it sounds easy, but I also just went through this training. It was this emotional mm -hmm. intelligence training. Yes. And the biggest thing in it was like learning how to feel in different ways of being and how to tap into that yeah. into your body and show up to the world in certain ways. And so it wow. sounds easy, just like learn how to feel, just yeah. feel. But in this training, I was with 30 people uh -huh. and I would say 70% of the people, cause you go around and you get and you give feedback and like, it's really powerful. It's not just like, it's really powerful experience. Yeah. And I would say probably 70 to 80% of the people that were in there were getting feedback of like disconnected, disconnected. Mm. Like it, you're yeah. in your head, drop into your heart. And it was just over and over, you would see this yeah. and you would feel it as you're giving it. You're like, I don't even know if you're in there. Like, hello. Yeah. And so it sounds easy saying just feel, but actually learning how to even do that, I yes. think is something that we as humans still get to oh. figure out and learn. <laughs> it is totally. That's a, that's, that's, that sounds like incredible training mm -hmm. too. What's the name of the Program. Yeah, Ascension Leadership okay. Academy. It's here in Austin. I'll wow. tell you about it after this. Yeah, that's um, fantastic. It's super good. Uh, and it's, yeah, this training is definitely, I was just talking to Matt earlier about yeah. how it's really changed so many parts of my life from yes. partnership with Jeremy, yeah. from how I show up as a CEO, from yeah. like myself, like literally everything. So yeah. all to say, feeling is hard. Who it's knew? hard. <laughs> it's really hard. And it's hard when you haven't done it yeah. for 40 years of your life. Yep. Um, and it was, it's incredibly difficult if you're not do it, but man, it's it's just once you start to feel emotions, mm -hmm. kind of as you said, get out of my head and come down into the body, and then bring those two together. It's a much more. It's just, it's just you're alive. Like we, I've been, I had been so cerebral in a way, um, not always intelligent. Or thoughtful, but but very like in my head and trying to analyze and logically kind of left braining my way through life. Mm -hmm. um, and and it's there's a great you know it's probably we can get into relationships too and how it affects that and how mm -hmm. I actually was able to realize some of this. But um, 
but especially and for me I, what i realized too is you you know you a lot of the stuff starts way back in the day and maybe generational if, um if that is something that people are open to i learned to put away feelings to connect with my parents yep. friends family to do well quote yep. unquote do well in the world and just plug away just put the cardiac arrest away go try to climb mont blanc mm-hmm, mm-hmm. right just I, I can do this but it, it taught me how to feel and it was incredible and it's uh in this incredible it's uh, a guy named Raphael kushner who's really awesome who shared this and he kind of talked about emotions as waves and they come and they mm-hmm. go and mm-hmm. now i've heard it more tar brock who's one of my favorite teachers um on self-acceptance and compassion these things that are sound so weak in yeah. our world but are actually the most empowering thing we can we can do you just got to be with them and they and they come and they go yeah, and, someone told me kind of what you just said, but yeah. like you are the ocean yes. and the emotions are waves. And yeah. so like being able to zoom out and be like, yeah. this too shall pass. Like yeah. I get to feel this whole emotion all yes. the way through yeah. because I'm the ocean. I'm not the emotion. Right, right. It's a little hard to say. No, yeah. The ocean, <laughs> yeah. not the emotion. Yeah. You could write a huh. song about That's this. Mic yeah. drop right yeah, there. Yeah, yeah. That's going to go on my quote boards everywhere. <laughs> yeah, we got a beat somewhere. We can do this. Uh, and you can even take it outwards. Say you have really the, the universe, all of us are, yep. it's all the ocean. Mm-hmm. And these emotions come and, you know. If you want to get into the the quantum physics and oneness I mean, world of Bob Marley hey, and all the spiritual all that, teachings, yep. <laughs> so but it's but you're right, it's it's really powerful to do it. So that's what I learned, mm-hmm. and I came back, and somebody recommended a book to me called Transitions mm-hmm. by William Bridges. It's called Transitions: Making Sense of Life Changes, and it was written 50 years ago. Which for me, I just I love seeing books that have withstood the yeah. test of time. It's like yep. you read the classics, right? Like yep. you know, you read a Count of Monte Cristo, or you read some old old uh beautiful pride and prejudice or something and there's just there's a lot of wisdom there if they've made it um so i gave i gave credit but i met the person i gave it to me i, I didn't really vibe with at mm. all and in my mind i was like this book's probably gonna suck you suck the book sucks yeah that's <laughs> yeah not separating i was like ah, i don't know and it ended up the guy's a wonderful guy we just didn't didn't uh we didn't 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 but he's like you take take a listen because i i saw what he did and i was like i don't think there was a real there was a point of transition but you kind of went back to doing what you were doing yeah and of course I'm, i can be a very judgmental person too so i was like yeah this book's probably gonna suck yeah and so i got it and and i started reading it before i left vista and it was it's incredible it just talks about transition and there's there's an ending there's a neutral zone there's a beginning um but she i think there's a quote that change is uh, essentially happens to you transition is a psychological change it's a decision that you make to to go about it in a different way and understand why this is happening and so but this whole idea of this neutral zone mm-hmm. and the whole idea of letting an end actually happen and these things don't happen linear right it's not like you end and then immediately go into the neutral zone then immediately go into new beginning you kind of are doing them all at once but the idea to stop and just take a breath and be and just process and just let the universe happen rather than try to will your way yep. through it or my way through it yep. and another a friend a woman at Esalen, who's, a, who's brazilian recommended a book by a korean author last name is han called the burnout society mm-hmm. which was it's a very short book it's very philosophical 60 some odd pages and it's about how productivity is this active they call it the uh vita activa the latin the active life versus vita contemplativa the contemplative life for you latin scholars you could probably use some i think i just correction. got that book hold on yes because i think you actually if you got uh, it oh, it's the good. reason i think i did was because of an email that you sent me and then i found it somewhere else oh no i got this one 
oops don't start playing it uh, yeah have you read that one no this still, oh thomas merton is what i what we were talking yeah this is, it's Whoa. from i got this because yeah. of the email that you sent me yeah. so i mean anyways. thomas merton is look at that butterfly effect right there, there you send me an email and then i go off onto a wormhole and find a different book that's, i love it i love it well there you go but that's the beauty that's like what it's all about though mm-hmm. is what i'm realizing it's us each individually and as a community as a group of people going and rather than we have to look externally mm-hmm. and but just be open to it then we have to go on our own journeys understanding that it's all we're all impacted and tied together in this great kind of you know, oneness of humanity but what you just did is like is like i love it this is what i've learned is like because i had to go on my own journey my mm-hmm. journey is going to be different than yours mm-hmm. but we're all tied together and we're all kind of reinforcing and living or, or positively negatively impacting each other but yeah, your journey was going to esalen and feeling how to feel mine was discovering psychedelics and figuring out how to yeah. feel <laughs> so. right honestly like whatever gets you there <laughs> yeah. it doesn't really matter um but the idea is what i'm what i'm learning and listen i'm still learning i'm like a total novice and all this so i laugh when i say when i when i give advice what i learned was yeah so what i learned <laughs> for from the my, past month. Like, yeah masterpiece <laughs> theater or something here um but is that there's there's we can like we can externally seek 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 we go to Esalen, we go to burning man so we we're talking earlier we go to joe dispenza we go to Tira, but we do psychedelics like that's great yeah if it opens up for us to actually do the work i remember yeah. gabor mate if you know yeah. him who's just incredible look him up for anyone who hasn't been familiar with him but he talks about i think he was on rogan and rogan's really focused on psychedelics and it was it was great and he said this is great but joe how much time do we have on this podcast? Mm-hmm. And he said, "Oh, we've got plenty of time. It's Joe Rogan podcast, right? It's gonna be it's gonna be in depth and long. One hour, and, four hours, whatever he wants. Yeah, whatever he wants, right? And uh, and he said, I, I'm I'm asking because psychedelics is a very small part of healing. Mm-hmm. He goes, it's an incredibly powerful opening. Yep. But now Stephanie, Lou, yeah. what we got to do is go do the work. That's actually what I was gonna say. I think that it shows you what could be, and it opens you up in a different way. Yeah but then you have to remember to tap back into that feeling. So even yeah. if we say, I mean, psychedelics, yes, but same thing with Burning Man. Like if you go out there or Esalen or wherever, yeah. you go to something and yeah. you have an experience, yeah. you can't just leave it at the location right. of where you had it. Like you have to actually integrate it back into your life. And that's what a lot of these things have done for me. If I talk about psychedelics, it's like, it got me past all these trust issues with men mm. and like not wanting to wow. show myself and open my heart up again. And it reminded me of who I was. Yeah. And I mean, I was, you know, came into this world as a loving, free soul, trusting and all that. Yeah. And so it reminded me of who I was yeah. to then bring that back into my relationship with Jeremy and not project past shit on yeah. our current relationship. Yeah. But if you don't, you know, you can see all the great things and go see the aliens and all, whatever, like right. you can play up there in the 5D world, but if you don't bring that knowledge back to the 3D, there's literally no point because we're here for a reason. We're meant to play in this 3D game Yeah. and you can't just live up there, you know, in these different spaces. And I'll even call Burning Man, all anything like that that's not like day-to-day reality. Yeah. We can call it more like a 5D experience that yeah. you can go to Casa de Luz down the street. Yeah, exactly. Honestly. And just stay in the 5D over yeah. there. Go to yoga yep. one day. Yeah. Go to, go do a workout. Mm-hmm. Whatever it is. Go go learn, but realize that we got to plant the seeds yep. internally and kind of till the soil. And that's essentially what you're describing is what this idea of the neutral zone in mm-hmm. between and transition. This it's a winter, a fallow mm-hmm. period where you know the seasons change. You Taoism, mm-hmm. I mean you've follow the course of nature, right? Go with yep. it. And like, there's a reason why everyone in kind of our older older time before the industrial revolution is we follow the seasons, mm-hmm. you know, you and um, and we, we really 
that part of it just to slow down and allow me to start to understand who I was, why I'm doing the things I do, why I did this stuff. Like what the hell happened? Why did I go to cardiac arrest? Like that was two and a half years before I hadn't even started to mm-hmm. process it may not be the right word, but just understand that. And so that's that was a powerful, that was a gift. I, I, I thank that guy immensely for recommending this book mm-hmm. and just letting me take it in and just enjoy it. Um, and just, and I've, it, it just, it made, it allowed me what turned, what started as a month, turned into three months, turned into six months, probably seven or eight months. I was able to, somebody asked me the other night, like, when did you kind of let go of the, just the modus operandi? Mm-hmm. I don't know if I ever let it go. And it's not the the fire, so to speak, versus mm-hmm. the water. The fire is very strong in me, just kind of general makeup. My yeah. wife and I laugh, we're both Aries. Our birthdays are two okay. days apart. So there's a lot of uh, beautiful moments and there's a lot of fire. Yeah. <laughs> and there's a lot of fireworks, I should say. Positive and negative, not anything too extreme to compare. I get it. My kids are Aries, so. Yeah, yeah, you, you see get it. it. We're on we the tourist and I'm stubborn as fuck. And I'm like, all yeah. right, fire and then me. Oh, yeah, can right. Be, can be rough. <laughs> yeah, we just had a water baby. Um, okay. As you were talking about the, the purity and, and a sense of who you were as a little one. Like, and I had this wonderful reminder and little teacher and little Lou. Um, he's a water baby, so we're very excited. And I don't, I don't pretend that's the only two signs I know anything about. So anyone else <laughs> can, need to know. Yeah, can keep please, obviously please. you're an astrology expert at yes, this point. Yeah, you know exactly. No two. Exactly. So we'll we'll stop there on that. But uh, but it allowed me, I, I was able to unwind. Um, and I felt like I started to get back to neutral. And like a lot of it's adrenal, um, as I'm learning more and more, and especially in the Eastern world, like a lot of what I was doing was very adrenal led mm-hmm. i was exhausting myself um and just because i was willing it i wasn't really working well i wasn't listening to anything i was like i am going to do this i'm going to get promoted i'm going to keep proving i'm going to keep doing this and making money and doing deals and all this stuff you know it's it's it was there's you can do that and do that very well um there's and it's a, it's not a it's a wonderful profession if that's what authentically deep yep. down and understanding the impact it's having on you. I was doing none of the other of it. I yeah. was just, I was just going. So yep. this book that we we're talking about talks about this active life, contemplative life. And it says productivity is a, it's a, it's so, it's such a wonderful thing until it becomes too much. Mm-hmm. And we're so obsessed with it um, that it's become a disease, which leads physically as well as he goes. But if you look back, what we don't have anymore is the a contemplative life. Mm-hmm. We don't sit. Yeah. And just write. And if you look back over history, all the great thinkers, all the great creators, inventors, people had time to sit and think. Mm-hmm. And they did. And they wrote. And they read. And they meditated or did whatever form of mindfulness or awareness you want to do. But there was you weren't just doing all the time, which is what I do. Like naturally, that motion is very hard for me. I'm like Tasmanian devil. Yeah. And you have time when you just at the end, he's like, you're just, we're just, we think we're doing all these things. You think I was doing deals. I was flying here. I was going here. I was traveling here. I was doing this. I was like a hamster on a wheel. I had no idea what I was doing it or who I was doing it for. You weren't being. I wasn't being. I wasn't even realizing the effect that it had on me um, physically for starters. Yeah. You know, I mean, I was in, like when you, you people don't go into cardiac arrest often. Yeah, and it I mean, was, obviously you were. Yeah, there yeah. was, yeah, it was crazy. It's crazy to look back on. So that's kind of my, 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 my gift, so to speak. Yeah. Someone asked me why, you know, why I came back. I don't know. I don't know, like why I didn't, I didn't actually die. You don't know uh, yet. You don't know yet. I don't know yet. I but mean, I, I feel like at this point you are impacting a lot of people with just showing your life and being yeah. vulnerable about it. And I mean, even just hearing you talk about go, go, go. I mean, 
I'm sure many people listening are in that state. And yeah. I mean, that's something actually that I was practicing as well in this same training was balancing mm. the different ways of being when it comes to being masculine, neutral, yeah. and then in your feminine, in which feminine, is yeah. not just based off gender. Like sure. men can lean into the feminine, lean in the masculine, like everyone gets I to do that. I wish the world had a lot more of the divine feminine I know. in nature. Yeah. They're was, receiving, is that yep, the- Yep, receiving, but they kind of talked about how, you know, certain things you want to be in your masculine. If yeah. you want to direct your kids to get out of the house on time, right. like you get to be laser focused right. and like, here's our goal, here's what we're doing in your masculine. But then you can also drift back to neutral if you feel maybe your partner's getting heated or something like, how can you be in a more neutral position to just let that come without coming back in your masculine? Right. And then leaning into your feminine to just, I mean, they explained it like, you know, you're kind of like rolling around, you're in the water and you're like rolling around different rocks, like, whoa, yeah. whoa. and like, you're just yeah. kind of letting things pass by you. and you know, roll through you and you're like, yeah, it's just like, you're very flowy and yeah. things aren't going to like penetrate you and like really yeah. throw off your whole day. Yes. And so learning these three different ways of being and like having a toolkit of how do I not bring my masculine yeah. into my relationship all the time? How do I not bring it into every area of my life where I'm just going, going, going and how yeah. can I be more neutral or right. leaning more into the feminine to just receive and yeah. like be a little more flowy with yeah. this day that doesn't need a masculine drive to it. Right. So it's interesting hearing you talking about that too with this transitions book. So I'm like very, very much. similar. Yeah, we have a good friend out in Santa Fe. We've started to go out there thanks to a guy who grew up there, and he's a he's a fascinating guy. Um, he's a doctor of Chinese medicine. He's Jewish, British, kind of knows a lot about a lot of these different traditions, and he's I guess he'd call himself tantric and. Dallas. He's like the tantric mm -hmm. to stay alive in the okay. world and to like to feel like not just from the sexual aspect, which is powerful, but just day to day and the Dallas more the spiritual because it's yep. just so beautiful and philosophical. And we get into a lot of that, um, kind of the the tapping into that feminine and and masculine and all of it's good yep. is kind of the point. And yeah. he kind of described in a similar way as um, there's a couple different models in Chinese medicine, Taoism, and one is just using your will. Mm -hmm. And and it's called Jing, and uh, and someone can can keep me honest here, um, listening if they really understand <laughs> Comment this. Comment us in, let us know how yeah. it was doing. <laughs> yeah, please, please. But uh, but Jing, you only have a limited amount of it. Um, yeah, yeah. And so uh, so you can use your will, and it's all adrenal. And at some point, it it uh, you you dispense all of it in the world. But mm -hmm. it's a very draining. It can be draining, but it's also very good. Like you need that will. And the other way is really the kind of the Dallas, which is kind of the meeting. The Dao means the course, the way, mm -hmm. right? And it's the meeting of the spiritual and the physical and to what is chi, what is energy. And that is just, it's very, it's almost very feminine. And his suggestion was like, understand when you're trying to use your will mm -hmm. and when you're like, can you, can you, can you create more or lean into more of this and understand that we access this and create more of that, that, you know, call it the chi, the, the feminine, the whatever term of art you want to use, but that receiving, yeah. it's very Taoist. And as you're talking, the other part that's, um, that you were talking one of the most respected individuals probably in human history by guys is bruce lee and his one of his most commonly used quotes is be like water mm -hmm. just mm -hmm. flow like you yeah. will you will find water will find the way through yep rather than like don't be the hammer that's going to break down the mountain and like a jackhammer that's going to open it the water will eventually like look at all the cans like it's incredible mm -hmm. like over time water will yep. find a way through yeah, and so him. it's and he he was actually quite philosophical if you read his stuff. But um, 
and martial arts. And this is the last thing I'll say of my, I'll ex exhaust my, my Eastern tradition um, knowledge here, but martial arts, a lot of it is you go with the mm -hmm. energy. Yeah. Like when someone strikes, you actually look at judo or, or well beyond judo, you can, you flow with their energy. Mm -hmm. If you could, if you could see it, I'm kind of my hand, I'm kind of knocking it back. And then you come back to neutral because mm -hmm. if you resist immediately, you're just kind of both going. And by that way, you're saving energy and you come back to the same place. You're actually connecting capoeira, Brazilian mm -hmm. um, martial art. You're dancing. It's like a, it's almost like a, but it's this incredible thing. And it's very dangerous and can, you know, can be mm -hmm. arguably fatal as you're a fate, fatal as you're, as you're striking people, but you're watching these people and they're just, they're connected. They're one, yeah. like you're dancing with each other. Mm. Um, it's crazy how many different examples there are oh, just around this one man. thing. It is. And I like the idea of there's only so much will, yeah. like things that you can will. Yeah. I, I mean, whether that's true or not, I like the idea of like, you only have so much. And right. I mean, I even think about for me, like how I built mission was just willing it. Yeah. I mean, so much just like masculine forcing it through, like doing a lot of things at once. And now like, you know, for new things that I'm starting, it's like, I don't want to do it the same way. Like how I built mission. I love how I did it yeah. and I learned so much. Yeah. And I don't want to do it the same way to build my next thing. Yeah. And so just thinking about like, how do I retrain myself to build out, you know, whatever might be a new, yeah. right now it's a kid's media platform. How do I, I build this it. thing out in yeah. a very different way than how I built Mission where I'm not willing at this time. And yeah. what's interesting is the second that I relinquished control yep. was when all of a sudden things started happening yes. for me and started yes. coming to me. And all of a sudden I've got engineering teams offering to work on things for free for me. I've got people trying to be a part of the project who I never thought would be part of it. Yeah. I've just got like just things happening where I'm like, I'm really not forcing this and things are moving quicker Yeah. by me letting go of control of and it. And there's other people. And there's other people that are quickly coming in to support in a way that I wouldn't yeah. have thought. Yes, so. it's, it's very powerful. And I, I've learned, I'm learning this to let go mm -hmm. of control. And it's like the control, and there's a reason why we do it, right? Mm -hmm. it's, it protects us in a way, at least we think it does. Um, yeah. We close off, we resist. But when, man, as you're describing, when we open up to it, it's that's when the good stuff starts to happen. Mm -hmm. And that's when everything that I've started to explore and you know, starting to meet people and, and just be open to, different ideas and thoughts and like people come come together and want to help all mm -hmm. of a sudden like it's kind of yeah. like we have our blinders on we're so focused like we have to go this way up the mountain mm -hmm. you know but really there's a lot of ways to go yeah. up and if you go that way you may it's probably a lot could be a lot nicer it may not maybe the mountain is even the thing that mm -hmm. you're that you really want to maybe someone's like look over here yeah like what about this but if we're so dogged on achieving this thing whatever it is that we're going to mm -hmm. build our way through one is draining so whether or not there's a, a finite amount or not, like it's going to be draining for a long period of time. And two is that you're just, you close off to all the other possibilities. I kind of, I kind of liken it to the, uh, if anyone's seen the matrix, um, which is a great, the original yeah. one was extraordinarily good. Um, everything just slows down. Right. And then you're able to see like, I'm going to go over here. I'm going to do this. Oh, I'm going to take this. And it's, you know, absolutely you're resisting that case, but it's, it's a very cool way. Things slow down. Mm -hmm. Um, in a way they but they speed up if that makes any sense i mean yes that's yeah. the second you let go it's like the second yeah. your whole life catapults forward away quicker right. and you're like holy shit, yeah. this is and you're doing it in because you're going with it's yep. essentially Taoism. you're going with the yeah the universe so to speak or the energy of the world the quantum physics the we're all one energy it's all just moving um back and forth um it reminds me of your uh the email that you sent where it was the title of that blog post that was 
looking but not seeing. Yes. Yeah. Maybe yeah. talk about that one a bit because I feel like from what you just said, yeah. like you have somewhere you got to go and you got to do this thing and you know your goal and you're missing a lot of things. Yeah. And it, yeah. And that's the, the book that you showed me. So Thomas Merton, I'll give you my quick. Oh, it's the same guy. Same guy. <laughs> same like, guy, which is that. kind of funny. Yeah. Which is, which is awesome. Yeah. I was like, like who, I just read the, the little story and I was like, this yeah. is a great story. And I actually sent it to five of my friends, especially yeah. this one guy who he, yeah. has trouble in dating oh, and i was man. like go read this this is what you're doing like, this is what we're doing we're just we're just so we're, yeah you explain what it is though well it's and i'm, I'm gonna try to jog my memory here um, or i can if you can't uh, yeah please, please no i remember what I, I, you'd probably do a better job so it sounds like it really okay. affected you in a way well, that, well that's i love yeah i mean so, yeah please lou just sent out a random email the other day that i hadn't read for about a week yeah because i was like i want to make sure i have the time and space to see what he's sending me yeah and i went and looked and it was this i mean i don't even know who I don't even know how to explain the background of where it came from, but it had a really nice story in it about, I think it was about these these photographers and they, this one guy was like oh. really famous yep. and he would capture things that was like, you know, the handle of a door yeah. and like a blade of a grass that was bent sideways and a broken wood post. Yeah. And this other photographer was trying to come and learn from him. And he was just going out like, I need to find this, this, this. And he had certain specific things he needed to find out in yep. nature to be able to take good pictures. And basically the professional famous guy was like, you are looking, but you're not even seeing what's all around you. Yeah, That's how I would explain it is like the yeah. second you stop looking for something is when the whole world will open up and you'll be able to see what's actually around. But because you're yeah. so laser focused on finding your bird or whatever it might be, you're you missing lose. the you're beauty. Missing the whole thing. Yeah. Kind of stop and smell the roses. Yeah. Uh, the so, journey. Yeah. Uh, and it was interesting. So the two people, it was the non-professional who was looking, okay. who was seeing. Who was seeing. Okay. And he taught the professional. Okay. See, because, I was like, ah, I knew I might have bought no, it. No, okay, no, no. But you, the, the, which is kind of, it's, it's almost even more powerful yeah. because in the guy who wrote it, it's a, he's a Trappist monk named Thomas Merton who lived um, years ago, um, 50s, uh, not that long ago. Um, and he's this great mystic, so to speak, in the in the Catholic tradition. Um, and he just, he he wrote about that and about how he just, and he, he just kind of was able to just like, his, his, there's a lot of wisdom in what he writes. Um, but that's this, like he was out there to, in, the, in the professional, I think was saying, wow, what, these are incredible. What okay. are these? How did you find these? Uh -huh. He said, oh, this is, y'all you know, just walked out and just whatever was there, I'd take a photo of. And he said, I was seen. He goes, but I'm always looking for the shot. Yeah. He's like, but there's so much here. Just like walk out your door, there's a door handle, there's a mm -hmm. broomstick, there's a stone, whatever it is. And so there's the beauty to it, which is the interesting part of that, just to talk about opening up for a second. So I grew up Catholic. Um, in the South, my full name is Louis Gino Marchetti the Third. Like it's like very full Italiano, yeah, very Catholic. <laughs> and like, by the way, there's like seven Catholics in Nashville, Tennessee, and my family is most of those. Um, and and I grew up and did it like I was through. I wanted to be like the good the good kid. I wanted it was an altar boy. I did all the did all the things. I wanted to be you know my my confirmation. Although I thought it was a funny confirmation name I took Saint Jerome. Although he was this great scholar, but I did it more as. Um, but I, I wanted to be this wonderful. Catholic kid mm -hmm. um, and to a point where I joined Opus Dei if What's you know that? Opus Dei I don't Dei know is. I'm not like it's I don't good. have a big religious background Did you ever read The Da Vinci Code back in the day remember? I might have seen the movie yeah with Tom Hanks <laughs> yeah, so the, the I, villain I the and the, the antagonist okay. is this this conservative cult of Catholics called the Da Vinci or the Opus Dei which is like a very extreme okay um, not extreme it's a very uh, 
kind of Marine Corps Catholicism, um, which started from a beautiful place, which we can talk about another time. But uh, but they were demonized. And so but it's very conservative. It's like we follow. And so one of the only you have these orders, right? Franciscans, Trappist, um, Dominicans, all these based on these saints. Catholic okay, Church has yeah, a whole, Just pretend I know nothing. Yes. Yeah. 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 <laughs> so anyways, these are there's a group of people that live in the world um, and they I've heard it's a very uh, Marine Corps we follow the dogma. We follow that we are we are living in every day, but we're Catholics in this very subtle way. You don't have to be Mother Teresa to be a saint. It's kind of the the whole you can you can sanctify your everyday life, which is pretty cool. Okay, right? You yeah. can do a podcast. You can be a uh, write a book. You can be a bus driver. You can be a private equity professional. You can do whatever it is, nonprofit, whatever it is. But so there's this beautiful. But I went very hard to the hoop, and this is like. You go to confession probably weekly. You go to mass daily. Wow. You're, you know, there, there's this whole focus on like the physical elements of like take a cold shower now, which is really cool because of Wim Hof, which is everything yeah. coming full circle, right? Uh, but you do all these things to realize, like to offer it up for the souls of purgatory, and realize that you know you get up at right when the alarm goes off. Was, oh, that was going full, full, full extreme. And so then I started dating a woman who was divorced, um, and my brother is gay. And I couldn't reconcile those two. So it took me a long time um, to actually, I kept going to church, but I couldn't do it. And these were, there's some wonderful people in this, in Opus Dei. And, and it was very enticing because they were all professionally very good. The priests were Harvard educated and just very thoughtful. But I went to a point of sharing all that in details that I went to like the extreme. And then I started to see these, these humans. I saw the way the institution, the people in the institution could hurt um, my brother. This mm-hmm. woman who had to go in front of three men to get her marriage, quote unquote, annulled. Oh, yeah. Three men who never been married, by yeah. the way. Right. And so, and they had to decide on your, is that okay? Or are you, is it a mortal sin? Which is, you know, means you go to hell. And it's all, you know, it's complicated. And there's a lot mm-hmm. of, it's really aggressive. Yeah, very <laughs> aggressive. Right. And so there's a lot of, hurt in there so i i couldn't get in i think it was sapiens was probably if you read that uh-huh. you read the book yeah um a while ago though yeah and he just talks about it's all everything is myths yeah. all that we're talking about is like that's what bonds humans mm-hmm. sapiens together um is we believe in these things that are bigger than ourselves and allow us to be in bigger groups than chimpanzees mm-hmm. um and uh and so the catholic faith or Taoist or whatever, pick your tradition, as well as the United States is all a myth and and Harari's or, or a belief is probably a better way of describing a positive connotation. Anyways, that was the final thing. So mm-hmm. I stopped going to church. And then to bring it full circle, someone introduced me to the original email. The same kind of email that you sent me? It was the same email, okay. exact email. And the the priest who, he has a, his name is Richard Rohr, and he's a very... Um, very thoughtful, open-minded guy in the uh, Albuquerque. And he's kind of his own, but he's a big fan of Thomas Merton. So he shares. But Richard Rohr is when I listened to him on a Brene Brown podcast. uh, And he's like, he's just so open. And his whole, what he describes is that Catholicism is, it's like there's so much obsession with certainty that we are certainty about the rules. He goes, he's like, "Who who are we to think that we know what this almighty power is which is by the way all of us this mm-hmm. non-duality um once there is like why are we making all these rules it's like it's like elementary school religion it's like all the sticks without without any of the actual you're then you get to think right you learn the rules like how to write the alphabet then you get to go write and write prose and letters and poetry and all different types like but we'd never like we didn't get past that so I say all that to share that it took me a really long time and I started to open up and realize that the Catholic Church is not all evil 
it's not all terrible. It's caused a shit ton of hurt. Mm-hmm. You know, look at the Crusades in particular to now with some of the some beliefs um, to a lot of people, but it's also, there's a lot of wonderful things mm-hmm. about it. There's beautiful people as part of it. It just as there is in every religion, there's kind of a shadow and a light. But anyways, I, I, I share all that because that was like, I had to let go of my control and my and my certainty that the Catholic church was bad yeah. or is bad. And there's a great book called uh, Think Again by Adam Grant, who's an awesome organizational yeah. psychologist at, uh, at Wharton. And it's just about curiosity. I was in a yoga class this morning. Um, by the way, my yoga classes are, it's called slow flow. I used to go for like the hardest yoga class. Now I do the slow flow. Yeah, like, good. I do, I do other You're stuff. You're transforming. I'm trans something. I'm trans something. Um, I still go. Yesterday I did deadlifts. Um, okay, <laughs> today. Well, so you're getting still, there. I, I, can't, I love to move. Yeah. Um, but this is like, but but she was like just talking about like approach this class and like with curiosity, mm-hmm. like push yourself. And like that seems to be the key. The opening is yeah. what you're just got, letting go of control. What yeah. you described of kind of whether it's masculine or feminine or neutral, whatever mm-hmm. whatever we're doing. It's like, can we just be open? Because yeah. when we're closed off, the possibilities are mm-hmm. a speck wide. And when we're open, man, the world's wide open. I know. That's what I actually think. When I think about myself, maybe like five years ago, I was just so close-minded and yes. just thought I just knew so much. And now I'm like, man, the older I get, the less I know. And the more I want to explore and the no- more I want to have all the experiences yes. and try you know, lots of things and just kind of see, because I realized I, you know, came in as I grew into, you know, twenties, thirties, all my ideas were not my own. Right. And a lot of them for, you know, parents and dare campaigns and like, you need to do this. Like, you know, I have a finance background too. Right. It tied back to my dad was in finance and I just thought that was a good path. And it's like, so many of my ideas were not my own. And getting into my thirties was the first time I'm like, I want to just pretend I don't know anything and just see what that looks like. And now I'm like looking around like, man, I wanna be open-minded about everything. And even your email, when you sent that to me, I my first thought was like, I'm not religious. Yeah, I will always say I'm spiritual and I believe in something, but it's not like the traditional like God and like sins and all like, not that. Sure. Even though my parents put us in a church quite often, Uh especially to try and help with family issues. And like, I remember going to like a Methodist, like AA support group for parents, like my parents and they're like, yeah, we need to, it was because of my dad, but my mom was like, let's try and support these kids. Okay. And so I, yeah. that was like my memories of like, wow. bad that shit was, happens, you go to church. And that's like, what you do, yeah. That's what you do. Go to get saved. And so when I first saw the email, I was like, I don't know, I'm not really, you know, yeah. I'm definitely not Catholic. But then I started reading through it. I'm like, this guy is actually pretty dope. And he he resonates more with me of like spiritual. Yes. And it feels like he's very open Spirit to a lot spiritual. of things and not like, this is the way it is. And yes. that's what I'm realizing is like, what I want to explore and the people I want to surround myself are the ones who don't have one way. Yeah. It's just like, here's what's working for me. And I say that with everything. Here's yeah. what's working for me. Yeah. Here's what I'm looking into, but I'm always going to be open-minded for new information, better information to come in. Yeah, so, I love that. Thanks yeah. for sharing that. So it was yeah. funny because I sent that out and and, uh, and I was like, man, I wonder if this is going to turn people off because it was re- It'll it turn religious. the wrong people off, and I think. But some people at some point, like it it took you a week. It took me, gosh, I don't know how many years to open up to someone like Richard Rohr. And my parents are still very cat. We went to Medjugorje when I was a kid. You know, Medjugorje is former Yugoslavia, now Bosnia, Serbia, um, Croatia. And there was a Virgin Mary was supposed to be appearing. Like I, we went, we went all my sister, cystic fibrosis, life expectancy was 17 Mm -hmm. um, at the time. And so we 
thought she would die very young and the incredible story of what the Cystic Fibrosis Foundation and everyone involved has done to extend that and they found the gene and they're able to she's still it's 41 or 45 or something at this point but it's still very young but we went to go find a healing and you talk about some spirituality in the middle of a communist country war-torn black helicopters literally black helicopters flying over there are pilgrims coming to this church and these young kids and a lot of the old traditions and uh if you want to get into some awesome traditions of a lot of these very rich old traditions there's young kids or who the blessed mother is apparently appearing to and so yeah. so we i went from my parents are still very catholic um but it took me a while to open up to them because i was especially from the awfulness of the pedophilia and yeah yeah it was, it's terrible um so and the hurt for my brother and mm -hmm. uh for this woman i was dating and other people myself like yep. just being told i sucked essentially yeah. um yeah <laughs> you know you weren't you're not worthy mm -hmm. um but it, to open up to it it's what you're describing it that is that's power mm -hmm. like that is real power like yeah. to live closed-minded whatever belief it is whatever belief we have whether we're progressive conservative yeah. this or that to open up and actually have a conversation with someone rather than just surrounding ourselves with people who think exactly the same mm -hmm. as us or do the exact same things or live in the same socioeconomic world or go to the same places like go on as, as thomas merton you said grab you know start seeing yep yeah and it's man it's that is if that is just and open up and think about how we live when we live in this fear and this clothes and like you 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 did some a lot of the exercise where you feel like you feel it in your body it's red it's tight your yeah. body's tight you're not gonna let you're not gonna receive anything you're in fight flight or freeze mm -hmm. when you open up that's where and you look at these sports players you look at these really good you watch coco golf or novak Djokovic over the weekend like they're in the zone mm -hmm. like that is what the zone like you are they're they're feeling they're they're in, they're in a flow state you can get in like, I got to be in a flow state and work. Like, no, just open up. Yeah. Like, and it's, man, it's, it's very powerful. Um, but we, we kind of limit ourselves if we live in, but the reason we live, what I'm learning is we live in these states of fears and closed off is because we got hurt yep. or we at least believed we were, we would be hurt if we opened up. Yep. And that's where the working through a lot of the trauma and, or even just tough situations mm -hmm. back, but realizing that that may be in heaviness. Anyways. Yep. I could go yeah. on. I know. I'm like, we need a whole part two. Well, yeah. Because we're getting to time, yes. I will say that, Lou, I've loved having you yes. on Mission Daily. This has been awesome. We will definitely be having you back for a round two where we can Thank explore you. all the next things that we <laughs> yeah, can just get right. into now. Um, but until then, where can our listeners, our viewers, everyone find you and what you're up to? Oh, man. Yeah. Good question. Or do you want to send them to? <laughs> yeah, I have no idea. I don't I don't have huh. anything, um, but maybe that's coming. Um, I, you I have have a, no, what about your... I have a little book club. Oh, oh, are you inviting more people into that? Yeah, whoever wants to come. <laughs> okay. Like, anybody, anybody's interested or wants to chat, I can I can just leave my email address with you. Okay. Um, so yeah. You can put in the if you want to be in Lou's book club, which I am eager to eventually make Some one point. of these dang yeah. book clubs yeah um email it at info at mission.org yeah let me know you want lose contact and i'll put you in touch as long as you're not a crazy person yes. i'll put you in touch with him that would be great <laughs> i'll be i'll be open but yeah it's yeah. funny i don't i don't have a any i'm just kind of figuring out what this what this all looks like so i'd love to yeah. get in touch with anybody or anybody who's interested in chat and maybe this maybe I'll, i'm going to host some people and there's a couple different areas yeah. um I'll, I'll get out there more but um i'm kind of um anyways long, longer story about why i don't have a brand or want to have a brand um necessarily um but but i would love to chat with anybody who's interested 
Awesome. Thanks, so, Lou. Thank you very much, Stephanie. Thanks for having me.